In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh, and I am here with my beloved sister and co-host, Amy Walsh. And today's opening question uh, is one that I don't think we've ever discussed before because we have not done any superhero things before. Mm-hmm. Um if you had your choice of a superpower, Amy, what would you choose? Oh, um, yeah. So it's <laughs> and it's I also did like, give you some minutes. Yeah, you did to consider did. this before I know. we began. And, and I've considered it many times in my life, just in general. But I, for some reason, still like waver with like choosing only one. Like, I wish that ah, I could choose okay. someone who was, like, all-encompassing. Mm. Um, it, it, oh, you know what? You know what power then? In, it's sort of in that realm. The power that I like is, uh, although there's dark, there's downsides to almost all of them, in my opinion. But anyway, the one that I like is the character Rogue from X-Men, because she absorbs yeah. other people's powers. Uh, so yeah. she can, like... I don't know all the exact details of how it works, but she can like, you know, absorb people's healing factors or she can absorb their ability for whatever. So I kind of like that one, but my go-to is, you know, flight. I'd like to be able to fly. Yeah. I, for some reason, I, maybe we've talked about this before and I just don't recall um, much as I forget every conversation I ever have once it's over. Um, cause I was like, I bet she'll say flying. Um, or maybe it's just like, cause that seems like a very popular I mean, it's one. It's a very like, yeah, it's a very kind of, it's a little bit of a cop out one. Cause I feel like everyone says it, but there's others like, that's the problem. It's really hard for me to choose just one. Like flight comes to mind first, but also invisibility. I really like, um, see, I don't feel like I get the appeal of invisibility. Mm. There's nothing that I want to do that like I want to be like sneaky and like hidden yeah, away. Yeah, but if you're but if you're but if you're a superhero, people are generally chasing you. <laughs> so That's true. Like I mean Oh, so wait, you're life, like you're like you want invisibility because you want to stay away from the superhero paparazzi. No, like, so I'm fighting crime as a superhero, right? Sure, <laughs> and the of criminal, course, the naturally. crime guys, as you call them, <laughs> the crime guys are chasing me, and I need to invisible myself, so I go invisible. 
I also like the idea of stopping time. I don't know. It's very hard mm. to decide. Man, it's I see, I have always only ever wanted one superpower, and that mm. is teleportation. Oh, that's a good one, too. I forgot about that. I want that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think the reason, like, the more that I, in my adult life, have done... Uh, living in other countries and being far away from family and friends and then needing to like pick up my whole life to do something, the more I'm like, oh, teleportation. If only I could just like it's blink great. my eye and then I would be somewhere. It's like, so great. And like to like totally... It's great. I don't even have, I have like nothing to say about it other than, yeah, because that's one I've always wanted myself as well. Um, well, and that's one of the ones that I'm like, unless you're in a world where every time you teleport, like you get some sort of injury from it, right? Like, um, and I think there are th different storylines where there's stuff like that implied. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm like, there's no downside to teleportation. Like... <laughs> You can, all you get to, like, you can use it when you want, first of all. So it's not like it's happening to you at random. And you can use it for what you want to use it for. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I suppose in, in a sense it could be like the invisibility in that, yeah, like, what if you can. teleported into, like, a room and then saw something that was meant to be private, but I'm not a yeah, joke and like I, that. And I mean, I don't, I just and I don't want like invisibility. Yeah. I don't like invisibility for that reason, to be honest. Like that was one part of like uh, my hesitation on invisibility is like you could infiltrate spaces you're not supposed to be in. And that does feel creepy. And I don't like that aspect of it. Like, unless you're again, trying to fight crime and you're like in the crime boss's <laughs> house and you need to like, well, figure out his like, like I feel plan. like I feel like there's not an issue of consent when you are in the bank vault watching Correct. someone steal a pile Correct. of money. Yes. Um, I think there is issues of consent when you're like, I'm going to watch someone take a bath. Oh yeah, or... no, 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 no. That's not how. That's not how <laughs> I was using it. Okay, like, no, 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 no. I was not. That's not how I was picturing invisibility. Yeah. But it could be used for nefarious things like that, yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the whole premise of, what's that recent movie? Is it called oh. The Invisible Man? Yeah, The Invisible Man. But it, there's a there's a older version, the new version with um, Elizabeth Moss is very dark. <laughs> yes. Um, the but older yes. version, which I've thought about for us, talking about sometime yeah um the older version has that element that i just was talking about where i'm pretty sure like every time uh that particular scientist goes invisible it like damages his body a certain uh, amount you know like there's often yeah. that like play for some of these kinds of powers it's like yeah for every time you use it you're gonna have a, a bad reaction yes. or like you know a, a yeah. downside to it um, so Amy, why don't you explain for our listeners why we're talking about superpowers today? Well, um, we are, 
I get, I hopefully I can explain it. Um, <laughs> so we, cause the truth is, okay, well, I'll start. Um, we are talking Whoa, about this is a lot of backstory. <laughs> well, I was like, my, my brain is going in different directions, but, um, <laughs> we are talking just first, what we're talking about is DC's legends of tomorrow, which is a show that I don't know where, what it was it on Netflix originally, or was it a network show? No, it was a it is and was a CW show. Oh. Uh but it is also on Netflix. Okay. So in the US. Okay. So the episode we specifically watched is called Here I Go Again. Um which also makes me think of the White Snake song. Yes, it does. So now to me, okay, so what I was going to say before is I didn't totally realize these people were superheroes, if that's what we're saying. Um, I know it says DC's Legends of Tomorrow and like maybe I should have context clues, but in <laughs> this, I like in this particular episode and I watched none of the other ones or read anything about the show for like research purposes, but I didn't really get them having superpowers per se. <laughs> yeah. Um, good point. Uh, so before Because that's not I, what this particular episode was about. No, no. In this episode, no one's superpowers were really on display until the end and only kind of. And um, yeah, and now that you say it, I guess I recognize what happened as a superpower or one part. But I wasn't... I was seeing that more as like a future technology more yeah. than a superpower. Yes. And that, that also... Yes, it does. Um, and that also goes into why... I uh, chose this episode, which is from season three uh, of this particular series, which is still going, mm. I will say. Um, and I should also say, this was a listener request. Ooh. I know. We've only gotten two requests, and it was for <laughs> Space Truckers and this. Okay. Those aren't <laughs> two of my least favorite ones, so I trust I trust people, I guess. I know. And also, um My least favorite ones are ones that you've picked. So. Yes, I know. I get it, Amy. <laughs> um and also I should say to the listener who requested this, I hope you enjoy what we're going to say. And I'm sorry, I the way our like website is set up, I don't know who requested this. <laughs> Okay, so thanks, Mom, for Uh, requesting this. I'm I'm pretty sure it isn't Mom. That's why I was also going to say I'm so excited about this because I'm pretty sure this is like a listener who is in no way related to us by blood. That's shocking. Whoever you are, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell your friends about us. Or don't if you hate us. I don't know. but okay, so speaking of this particular episode, I, this is something I'd wanted to, I've wanted to tell you about, and I wanted to wait till your we recording to tell you, so you can I can hear your like genuine reaction. Oh um, God, I'm afraid already. No, 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 it's not afraid. It's fun. Um, there is I found this week there is an account on. So this episode is about time travel, time loops, time right. stuff. So that's the reason I'm bringing this up. There is an account, and I think multiple accounts, but the one that I found on TikTok about this guy who says that he woke up in a hospital in, and he happens to be in Spain in 2027, 
And his whole account is him, like, walking around to places throughout Spain that's, like, totally empty of people. Like, in 2027, in his world, um, there's no people. It's just him. Um, Now, all the comments are like, show me a newspaper with a date on it. Do this. Do go to this place. Go to this place. (laughs) People being like, this is bullshit. This is totally just an editing thing. And I'm sure that it is. Like... This, he's got to have some, or the, I don't know if it's a, a man or woman. I shouldn't say they have some type of. I, I oh, so this person have, who's making these TikToks does not show themselves. No, they. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, I've, they show like their hand touching things sometimes, and their their foot walking. But generally, sure. it's um, it's just it just shows the the point of view of like whatever they're looking at that's totally empty of people. So the idea is, I think the account is called. Unico sobreviviente or vivi at something. Oh, I'm the last one. survivor, the only survivor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So like, and but the comments are very funny, and it's mostly in Spanish, so I don't understand a lot of it. But the comments that are in English are very funny. It's like, um, shoot, I can't remember the funny ones, but it's like people being very either like really into it like really believing it or people being like this is bullshit but it's fun (laughs) um so I I just thought that I've gotten a kick out of looking at some of those videos this week Um, I mean my reaction is this might be the thing that makes me become a lurker on TikTok like that's the only like like I'm telling you like that's what I it took me a while because I like was very resistant to it because I am fully aware I'm 800 years too old for it but and that and means I don't wanna, like, I'm like twelve, and I don't want to make any. But I like made myself old. an account so I could like look things like that up, or like when I would see like funny little like vignettes that were posted to Instagram. Like I could never. I right. wanted to like then go and see the rest of their stuff. Um, so I do recommend it in terms of lurking <laughs> for sure. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I mean, we can't parse out TikTok I can't go right there. now. I can't go we've there, got, but that's just... <laughs> we've, uh, but I will say, I think that my one little belief is that this listener who requested us, again, thank you, listener, um, might be one of my students uh, this semester. So that is the TikTok generation, and we've somehow made one connection to that. All right, <laughs> well, here we go. Here um, we go. So I hope... Yes, so here we go again, talking about here I go again, <laughs> season three, episode 11, originally aired on the 19th of February, 2018, mm-hmm. um, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow, this I think circles back to what you were saying, of like, are these superheroes I didn't realize yeah what's going on? Yeah. Um, so DC's Legends of Tomorrow is actually a spinoff show, Um in the Arrowverse, uh, that and the Arrowverse is a series of different television shows that all kind of emerged on the CW, which I'm also pretty sure is the network that does Riverdale as well. That um, sounds about right. And I think basically, like, I know that at least for a significant part of the run of this show. I was really into the show Arrow, oh. which is the starting point of like where how we get to Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so Arrow came out I think around the same time as Riverdale, and 
I'm pretty sure that they actually have some similar like production team stuff going on. Oh, really? um, but basically it was like this year where they were like, let's take comic book characters and make them kind of edgy. So it was like Riverdale came out and it's like, this is the edgy version mm-hmm. of the Archie comics. And Arrow always had some edginess kind of in it already because um, Arrow is a bit like Batman. Okay. Like, because um, that involves like a billionaire playboy who disappears for some time. And when he comes back, he's got all these cool ass like ninja skills. And particularly he's good at shooting arrows. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So anyway, all of that, I want to say, started to kick off maybe around 2014-ish or whatever. Okay. And then that, then the next, the original spinoff from Arrow was The Flash, which is another, okay. so Arrow and The Flash are both DC comic book characters of longstanding fame. Yeah. Then from Flash, they spun off into Supergirl. Um, okay. And all three of those I watched some amount of, um, mm-hmm. but like kind of less and less. Like I think for Arrow, I gave it like maybe a solid three or four seasons. The Flash, like one, and then Supergirl, maybe not even one. I was really disappointed in Supergirl. I loved really? the movie from 1984, Supergirl. Yeah. And the show just like didn't give me the mm. same feeling. Um, okay. So we don't have time to get into that right now. Um, but then the next kind of link in the chain is this show, Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. And so some of the people in this team uh, come out of these other shows and then end up on this one. And I actually did watch some of the other uh, early episodes, and I was reminded that, in fact, I did watch this TV show for oh, some you? amount of time. <laughs> um, and then kind of, like, lost track of it. Uh-huh. So the point of the overall show, of which the episode we're going to talk about still fits in, is that um, this team of legends have been assembled by... Uh, a person named Rip Hunter, who is a time master from the future, who's like the time masters are like this guild of men who are mm-hmm. responsible for making sure that the timeline stays intact. Okay. Okay. I just. It doesn't matter to this episode, but I just wanted no, to like pause for a second. So yeah, that, no, no, that no, made that, sense. that's helpful. Um, and so he assembles this group of people, and he's basically like, "You're going to help me deal with various things that potentially upset the timeline." Mm-hmm. So most of the episodes are them going back in time, sometimes to the future, but it's mostly about the past, um, Mm -hmm. which I kind of appreciate in a time travel show because, like, let's face it, when people are like, let's imagine the future, I'm like, you didn't do it very well. Like, this is definitely (laughs) not going to happen in 25 Mm -hmm. years. Um, So I think it's like oftentimes going back to the past is a little bit like of a safer 
choice. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. And it involves very fun and funny costumes like that the ones that they wear in this episode. Oh my gosh, we have to talk about that because <laughs> I that was I was like fully confused. About, like I mean, I got it, but I was like, "Whoa, this is yeah. that's a look." All of them, yeah. Yeah. Um and so what I was also able to deduce is like so so far they've had a total of five seasons and each season has kind of like a story arc that happens where like there's kind of an overarching time problem that needs to get solved and they have to like do a, a number of different missions to finally get it solved. And in the case of season three, what I was able to surmise was that um, that season's arc deals with a demonic entity called Malice. I mean, that's a good name, I guess, for and the demonic entity. True. Um, but even that doesn't really matter to this episode that we're talking about today. That's just like so we can kind of envision like what's happening big picture wise. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's now turn to who we will be seeing in this episode. Um, The, and I'm doing this in the order that IMDb lists them for the credits of this episode. We will Mm -hmm. start with a character called Ray Palmer, who is also known as the Adam And he is a superhero in the style of Iron Man where he builds a fancy suit. Um, And he's a superhero in the style of Ant-Man because his suit's main thing is that he can shrink way down to be small. Oh, I do like that. That's another good one. (laughs) Oh, man. You just can't decide. I won't be able to decide. It's too hard. There's so many, like, fun ones. Yeah. Um... And so that is played by an actor named Brandon Routh, who was 39 when this uh, episode aired. And um, I was surprised because I think I, I mean, I will say we have, this is, I think, our first true like superhero thing we've ever done on this podcast. Is that true? I think so. I think so. Yeah, because I generally kind of think of superhero stuff even though there are obviously science fiction elements to most superhero stories, I, I've kind of like sectioned them off as separate from what mm-hmm. we'll be doing in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's also because sometimes superhero movies, it's just like, and I can't keep up with it all. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the things. So Brandon Routh, one of his bigger breakout kind of roles was he played Superman slash Clark Kent um, in a Superman movie in 2006, which I know for a fact I did not see. Um, <laughs> but when I saw that he had played Superman, I was like, oh, yeah, he would be a really good Superman. He's got, like, mm. all the, like, classic handsomeness and, like, dark hair that you associate with Superman. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't know if he was any good in it, but he, his looks certainly he did it. <laughs> match what <laughs> I would expect. Um And he appeared as Ray Palmer all throughout all of those Arrowverse TV shows that I just mentioned. So he's been in Arrow, he's been in The Flash, and he was in Supergirl as himself. Mm. Um, And it appears that uh, the previous season, which I think is season five of this show, was his last season um, 
in the show. He is now appearing as a series regular in a show called The Rookie, which I know also stars Nathan Fillion. Um, I'm not into it. I tried it because I love Nathan Fillion so much, but it was like a cop show and not like a cop show that's like a crime procedural. It was just a cop show. And I was like, I can't, this is not for me. It's not my bag. Mm -hmm. Um, And most importantly, uh, he appeared as one of the background actors in Christina Aguilera's What a Girl Wants video from... Oh, that's very important. (laughs) As soon as I saw that... That's the best credit right there. (laughs) As soon as I saw that, I then did have to watch the video to see if I I could see him. I'm like angry I'm not watching it right now. (laughs) Um, I feel when you just said that, like I was like, oh man... It's also like such a peak, like late '90s, early 2000s. Oh, like the exactly. Looks. That's why I want to watch it. Like, cause I'm, cause I'm picturing, I'm picturing it, but I think I'm also picturing Genie in a Bottle, which is wrong. But yes, well, um, that's what I pictured as well. And then when What a Girl Wants actual video played, I was like, for a few seconds, I was like, wait, that isn't what I. Th-. And then I was like, oh, I was thinking of Genie, Genie yeah. in a Bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Uh, that video is great. So yes, do everyone watch, watch that. Christina's "What a Girl Wants" video. Um, but he and that's where like, we lost the Gen Z people. <laughs> <laughs> I know for sure. Well, it is. I mean, it is creepy, and I'm not sure a Gen Zer would enjoy watching this video because the whole premise is like Christina and her like quote unquote friends are doing a dance for a whole audience of teen and early 20s men who are just watching them dance and like uncomfortable and then like whooping it up when the girls do something sexy like it's just very weird yeah yeah um and there was like one little shot where I'm pretty sure I saw this guy's face and hair but he's not like featured in that video he's just in it okay um Another connection, as is often the case, um, the next player also appeared in some landmark music videos. The character's name is Sarah Lance, also known as the White Canary. Um, And just there's a lot of backstory to White Canary, but for the purpose of brevity, White Canary does not have any powers. She is just a trained assassin. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love that. There is a storyline where she's brought back from the dead, but that doesn't give her special powers. Okay. Okay. Just to clarify. Okay. Um, And that's played by an actor named Katie Lotz, who was 32 when this episode aired. And she was one of the dancers in the Lady Gaga paparazzi video. Oh, my God. These people are all just, like, doing... The best stuff. (laughs) Well, I will say she actually, so when I was making this part of the outline, I immediately had to watch two different music videos in succession. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those are good uh, ones though. They are good ones. And um, paparazzi holds up, I would say generally. Yeah. Um, And there is like, there are a few parts where like it's Lady Gaga in the front and then she has these four dancers alongside of her. And I was like, oh, that's her. I can tell that that's definitely this woman. Um, and so good for her. But that is linked to the fact that it appears that Katie Lotz, like her career began in dance. 
Um, and she did quite a lot of it such that she was a stunt double for Step Up 3D. Um, and then it seems like correspondingly, she was also doing some acting around the same, or sorry, modeling, I should say. Um, and then transitioned to acting around 2006. And I'm trying to, I feel like 2006 would be, cause I think she's born in 85. I think she's your age-ish. Um, okay. and Whoa, so, just like call me out on my age, but okay. <laughs> sorry. I was born in 1981. Do the math on that jerks. I'm going to be Yikes. 40 this year. Get <laughs> fucked time. Um, but so basically what I was, what I meant to say by that is, is like, so that means she would have been about 25 around 2006. And that's when okay. if you, I feel like, I mean, you actually have a friend who was a professional dancer, but I feel like 25 is when you start aging out in the sense of that. Is that yeah, it depends. So? Yeah. I mean, it really depends on like ballerinas, uh, it, I mean, it, again, it really depends. Like, if you're, I mean, I know that if like you're in it for the long haul, you're gonna do various like. You might go a little longer than twenty five, like especially, um, you know, if you're doing. I think you might go if a you're like a featured dancer yeah. and it's like your main gig. You can yeah, probably but I would last. say, yeah, I would say. 30 starts to be like the downfall I think I mean it's again it depends like if you're doing like smaller scale like um less like less high intensity I mean ballet is super hard on the body um all of it's super hard on the body but if you're doing a little bit more like gentle stuff or you can but a lot of people like I would say in their 30s start to transition to choreographing right. or teaching or you know things that right. are a little less strenuous right um so that to me all that says is like it seems like she started transitioning to acting when mm. it was like you know and maybe she had one, an injury like you never she, know like it, it didn't mention but it could have done mm. but also I think there's like a point at which like particularly for dancing it's like if this hasn't happened yet it's not going to happen and now because there's like only so much time that I have sure to do this right and so it's definitely got a shelf life I'll say that like you know um so to do it at professional level yeah so she transitions more into acting I also Mm -hmm. discovered that she apparently all along in her life was into the martial arts so she, oh, cool. from the beginning, has done quite a lot of her own stunts mm-hmm. in this show and all of the various other Arrowverse shows that she's appeared in. And she, like um, Brandon Ralph, has appeared in all of these previous Arrowverse shows as well. Okay. Um, hmm. Next, we have a character named Gideon, who is the AI of the ship and... Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of episodes where we're talking about the AI of a ship as Ugh, a major player for God's sake. in our lives. <laughs> um, and they all seem like they are kind of jerks. I'm not going to lie. Like the ship, the sentient ships all seem like they're, they've got an attitude they've, or they've got an edge that like they're not quite so easy to work with. No. Well, because they have their own, I think really what it is, and this should be if there's any AI developers listening. Uh, <laughs> like, I think what 
becomes clear whenever we have a storyline involving artificial intelligence. It's like their perceptions of things and then correspondingly their decisions about how to proceed mm -hmm. are very different from how human beings think about things. Yeah. Um, and even though presumably human beings are the ones that program them and teach them and all that stuff, we can't really actually get like an artificial intelligence that is as if it's like a human mind, right? It yeah. just isn't really that. Even in My Hollow Love, where it mm -hmm. passed the Turing test and all this stuff, at the mm -hmm. end of the day... And unsurprisingly, like, it's not human, so it's not going to look at things in the same way. Yeah. Uh, or perceive things in the same way. So Gideon is played, uh, or I should say more accurately, voiced by an actor named Amy Louise Pemberton, who was mm -hmm. 30 when this show aired. Um, she's a British actress. Uh, and from what I could glean, I mean, she's, she's also the youngest person in this cast. Um, and so it looks like her, like her credit list is not very extensive, um, even up to now. So I would say for her, this is kind of the biggest role she's had so far. Mm -hmm. Um, next we have Zari Tomaz who is a central player in this episode, and that's played by an actor named Tala Ash, who is 34. Mm -hmm. um, and unsurprisingly, she started out in the soap opera As the World Turns and oh. did kind of like a run there. Uh, for, it looked for like, I think it was something like 20 or 30 episodes, so like a month-ish of soap opera time, which, God, that's got to be one of the most punishing like shooting schedules of any thing right because like they're uh, they're five TV days show. a week right yeah for tv shows and they're hour long they are they you know at that time like they were hour long shows i mean i remember i clearly never on one but i remember like hearing about like how and you can tell almost when you watch it that they would shoot so much stuff and they were they didn't have time for like reshooting or like if you messed no, up, they would keep no, it no. in a lot of times. If it was like a recoverable mess up, they would keep it in. So like you would yeah. see people on those shows like misspeak and like re-say a word or, you know, look like yeah. maybe they were about to laugh, but they like held it together, um, which I kind of love about it. It's a, it's a medium yeah. that like went away. Like the soap operas really died after like when... Um, network television kind of went down right because uh, that was like the, or the middle of the day watching or whatever it was like it changed the way we watch tv who watches tv um totally right. changed and that genre went away but it yeah th that's a punishing schedule so they're trying to get five one hour episodes in every week. every week that's a lot yeah. yeah um no just as you were describing that I remember vividly and distinctly in an episode of All My Children that featured Sarah Michelle Gellar as um, Love Erica Kane's daughter, who I'm now forgetting the name of her. Um, Shoot, Mom would kill gonna, me for forgetting this woman's name. I, Bianca. Oh, She's Bianca. Um, oh yeah, she was Bianca, but it was another girl who played Bianca later. Right. So that was but oh, this, But Sarah Michelle Gellar was the original Bianca. And, okay. um, 
there was this scene where she was acting like against someone else and someone else picked up a magazine and was like supposedly supposed to be reading it to like put an end to the conversation that they were just happening uh-huh. having but they like the person who picked up the magazine picked it up like wrong so what was being seen was not the cover of the magazine but like an ad for a car on the other uh-huh. side like so they were looking at the they were looking at the cover of whatever this magazine was. Kendall, her name was Kendall. Oh, Kendall, yes. Sorry, Bianca was a yeah. different daughter. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, because Kendall was the one. Wasn't she, she the die? one that, like, she might have been acted as though she died. Kendall was the <sighs> one where Erica was raped, right? And that's how she had Kendall. But then oh, she didn't God, know. I don't... She, like, put Kendall up for adoption. So, like, Kendall, like, rep- appeared on the scene. <sighs> I don't remember, uh, but I do think that the dynamic was Kendall was like the black sheep of the family and Bianca was like... Yes, she was the beloved one. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, But so anyway, there's this scene where like you... And it's exactly as you described. So the person picks up the magazine inside out and is (laughs) like, just keep... And then they close up on um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's face and and she's supposed to be looking very angry because that was Kendall's... Like whole thing was being angry. Yeah, all the she time. was. She, yeah, she was. Um, mad. But you could see, like, as soon as this, they say cut, this woman is going to start laughing because yeah, this it was is like a, a twin. This is like such an obvious mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, but I mean, this is probably a good like proving ground and like tra- training in a sense for any working actor. It's great so that's for memorization because you have to I memorize bet. a lot of dialogue really fast. Um, but so that's where she kind of gets her start. She's on As the World Turns in 2008. And like I said, for like just about a month or so of episodes. Mm. Um, but then after that, she has a pretty kind of patchy looking career, at least as far as IMDb goes. Now, what I wasn't able to determine is if like, you know, she's maybe doing some theater stuff or some other things, you know, mm-hmm. as this goes on. But ultimately, I would say that this gig for her is probably her biggest so far. Okay. Um, the next character is Nate Haywood. And this is the person that Zari is interacting with the most during this episode. Oh, yeah. I liked him. Um, yeah, he was funny. This is played by an actor named Nick Zano or Zano, um, who is 40. Uh, and what I liked about this was like, so the character Nate immediately fig- is like, oh, I know what you're in. You're in Groundhog Day. The next time you see me, say Groundhog Day and I'll know what you're talking about. Love and. That. I especially loved it because it turned out that Nick Zeno is actually a big movie buff as well, such that he hosted an MTV show called Movie House in 2002. That didn't ring any bells for me. Like, I would have no. been MTV's, pr- like, prime audience in 2002, and I had never heard of this show. Um, but nonetheless, he was in that. And then he's also been in such amazing things as Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Amazing. No, I've not seen it, but, it's, but um, you know, good for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was also in the original Final Destination movie, it appeared, oh. um, which is cool. And then he was also, and I put this in here specifically for you, he was in a Christmas film called Desperately Seeking Santa. (gasps) 
gotta see it. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Oh shoot. Hey, I'm, I gotta go. I don't know if you're trying to like. Do your, you've got, got a real big suddenly, afternoon something ahead. Something suddenly came up. <laughs> you've got a big afternoon ahead where you watch all of these music videos and oh, crown it gosh. off with desperately seeking Santa. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, but then within the mix of that, I would say that this role for him is probably also his biggest uh, so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final person who's not really super a major component of this story, but who I just wanted to mention, the character is called Mick Rory, and it's played by an actor named Dominic Purcell, who was 48 when this came out. Um, he is an Australian actor. Um, and as such, as we've already discussed when we've ever done anything about Australians, his first credit was in the Australian soap opera, Home and Away. Okay. Um, and because he's the oldest of everyone, he also has the most credits of anyone, like by mm. a significant margin. Um, but even so for all that, this is also probably his biggest gig so far as an actor as well. Um, so now that we have the lay of the land with the cast, let's begin by talking about this episode, which is a time loop episode, uh, which I, I think I like, I I love a time loop. Uh, time loops are fun. There's a lot of like mileage for like potential comedy, which they get to here. Um, So, but of course, for the time loop to work, we have to set up the starting point. So we know when we've looped back to the start. And the opening cold open is Zari is on the bridge um, of their time ship, which is known as the Wave Rider, because I watched some of the earlier episodes, so I know this now. Um, And Zari is working with Gideon to run like a test program. And she wants to do this while the rest of the team is on a mission um, in 1975, presumably. Um, mm-hmm. But, and we'll, and there will be a reveal about this later. And the, basically what Zari wants to do is she wants to run this program where different simulations of potential outcomes happen and then we can like you can apply that to figure out whether or not it would be like appropriate to go back to a certain moment in time and like what are the potential things you could do to change mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. um and the reason she's motivated to do that is because her brother died in an episode we've not seen okay uh so she's trying to like get this test done with Gideon before anyone shows up because people have already told her before, don't do this. So of course, naturally she's doing it secretly. Of course. Never tell Uh, any, here's a, here's a little trick. Everyone (laughs) never tell anybody not to do something. If you truly don't want them to do it because they're going to effing do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the very quintessential, like my kid is dating someone who I absolutely despise what should I do? And Keep my answer, shut. no, to me, oh. my answer to that is tell Say your kid you how them? much, <laughs> yes. Like be like, gosh, that, like, 
That Jonah is like quite a guy. I love him so much. That Carol, she's a great lady. Like just really And that's what we call reverse psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, like, look, uh, teens are not fully, their brains are not fully developed. So reverse psychology can totally work. On mm-hmm. <laughs> and specifically in terms of parent child like anything you do not approve of immediately they're gonna do it and like right let's be right. real but right. any but it really it's a human nature thing like if someone tells me if I tell myself I don't like don't do that I suddenly want to do it if that like, no <laughs> and it's it's as stupid as oh, I shouldn't like have that cookie right now. Like just Mm -hmm. wait until after dinner and then you'll Mm -hmm. like enjoy it then. And as soon as you've had that thought, like that thought is barely fully formed and another thought blooms and it's like, but I could just have it now. But I could do what the fuck I want and I'm gonna. (laughs) Self, Um, I'm gonna do that. Self, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. Um, so this is precisely what's happening here. Now, yeah. as as is always the case, whenever we do engage in these kinds of practices, we are always caught. Um, so, like, literally, like, Zari is trying to, like, upload this thing, and the team comes back from their mission and do you want to describe the outfits they're wearing? Oh, for God's sakes. Um, well, I think they just went to like an ABBA concert or something. Um, yes. Because they are in, <laughs> I just, I don't even know, like full, the girls are in full like white jumpsuits or at least Everyone. the one is. The men okay, and the women are all in white. Okay. White jumpsuits with like a little like. Um, pop of blue color um right and the both and the girls belts. are also wearing they are wrap, oh, they I have wrap the around belt. belts okay and like plat big platform shoes yeah like, like they make a joke about the platform shoes and him the one guy falling um and you know super bell bottoms and the girls well, and are the wearing, bell bottoms the bell bottoms are like ruffles yeah 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 so they look like they went to an ABBA concert. And Correct. They're wear- the girls are wearing blue eyeshadow, like very... Yes. Um, and Super weirdly, intense. Like, does it, yeah, it doesn't look terrible on them, though. I will say, no, like... No, I was going to say, lady, I quite I was, like, liked hmm. it. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Like, it thought, like, it's a look. It's definitely, like, a statement and a look. Right. But it wasn't bad. Um, so that's what they're wearing. <laughs> Yes. So everyone trots in in these outfits. And um, so we surmise that the like previous mission that they were on had something to do with the 70s. And then even more so because they've brought back an eight track cassette tape of the song Waterloo by ABBA. So like, okay, got Mm -hmm. it, got it, got it. And as they come back on, Sarah is like, what are you doing? <laughs> I told you, you can't do this. Um, and so Sarah and Zari get into a bit of a, an argument over Zari trying to run this program that Sarah has explicitly forbidden happening. 
Um, so then Zari goes off in a huff and then she's in the engine room of the ship and she's doing what everybody who's in a huff does, which is like muttering to herself about things. <laughs> um, and then, uh, as, and she's like, I forget what she's supposed to be fixing something down in the engine room. Right. And this involves like her pulling out some tube and the tube like spurts green goo all over her face. And you know, that type of stuff only happens when you're in a huff. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if you're doing a bit or if you're serious, but I know for a fucking fact on the days when I'm like, God damn it. Like I just need I'm to not like, doing I'm supposed a bit. to get I'm serious. Like, you know, when you're like, I just need to get out of the house. I was supposed to get out of the house 10 minutes early today because of some reason. That's the day when like you spill coffee on your shirt as you're yep. like doing a thing and then you drop something heavy on your toe. Like, yep. and then you're literally like to yourself, like, God damn. Ah, yeah. And like, you're I, so angry. You can't even say the swears that you want to yeah. say. You're just like, I'm just a ball of anger just now. So much <laughs> anger. Well, I've seen like such, such funny memes of like, people being like it's a picture of like a belt loop getting like stuck on a door handle or like something yeah. silly like oh, that yeah. and, it's, and it's like people being like how come this only happens when I'm already pissed off like <laughs> yeah oh it only ever I I did that recently where like the belt of my bathrobe like got stuck on something and like I was literally like I mean and as well like this is pandemic time still I'm not leaving the house there is nothing that I have to do that's like an immediate issue most of the time. But I was yeah. in, I flew into a rage <laughs> over this. <laughs> about about your bathroom getting stuck? Yeah, I get it. Like, it really is like, it's always the last straw. Like, the most, like, benign thing could happen. Right. And you're like, I... I just better give up because yeah. this is yeah. or you like want to slam the door because of your anger and then yeah. your like foot is in there yeah like, oh damn you to hell yeah. um so yes this is precisely why she ends up getting green goo in her face because <laughs> she's angry and she's yeah. not paying attention and she's not mm -hmm. being careful and so she gets hit in the face with green goo and so because <laughs> because she's still in the mood we were just describing she like steps away from the thing where like all the tubules or whatever are and um then the ship explodes and I think she says something like perfect you know <laughs> like it, it just sums it up and very nicely and yep. then we get the legends of tomorrow credit so we've gotten through the cold open and now we are officially into the time loop because when we get back from the cold open zari is back we're back at the beginning of the story zari zari is on the bridge she's trying to run this program again and Everything happens the same way. So she's like a little bit uh, like, oof, something's weird. Mm -hmm. So then she goes to the bathroom to splash water on her face to kind of calm down. Now, this is something that they mentioned in the podcast, How Did This Get Made? <laughs> 
which is they don't believe that anyone actually in real life splashes water on their face. Like that this is like a yeah. thing that in TV and movies people do, but like in I've reality, heard that conversation. People I've heard that conversation this. on that podcast and then I've had it with other people and those other people are debunking it because they're like, no, I do that. And yeah. because I've had that conversation, I've done it a couple of times to see if it would like, <laughs> it would do it for me. And it does a little bit calm you down. Like it, cause it yeah. just sort of reawakens you of like to your senses a little bit. Yeah. And just like, yeah, I don't know, but it is funny because they do it at movies a lot, movies and TV. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like I've definitely splashed water on my face when I have been actively crying, like in a public oh, yeah. area. And then I'm like, no, now I've got to go out into the world again. And I like got to make it look like I haven't been crying, yeah. um, which never works. But you like tell yourself that. Like splashing now, some but, cold but now water you're, on your face is gonna. But now your excuse, like if someone's like, "Oh, she looks like he's crying," be like, "Oh no, no, no! I just like washed my face just now. I just like sp- splashed water on my face. It wasn't. That's not what this is." Right, but I've never splashed water on my face to like calm down mm-hmm. or to like pep up from or like to like bring me back to reality. Like that's mm-hmm. not something. I've personally done. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, that's her response to this, which mm-hmm. I guess like I've never been in a time loop, so I shouldn't judge. <laughs> um, then she proceeds to kind of like go out into the ship and she runs across Mick first and she asks him if he's ever had a deja vu and he's like, I don't know what that is. Um, and I will say I really enjoy this character because he's like, deadpan all the time uh that is his like way of being and he does it in a way that is actually like sometimes you know like when it's like okay is this person good at acting or bad at acting yeah like when they just always are at the same kind of level um and i want to say for this character i think dominic purcell is good at acting Um, Mm -hmm. because he get like, to me, there's like a dryness that works nicely. So he says, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then Zari goes over to speak with Amaya and Nate who are having their own kind of like internal struggles because they like endangered the previous mission because they're like making out all over the place, I think. Um, but but Zari isn't interested in that. She's just like coming up to them and she's like, did anything weird happen on the mission? Something <laughs> seems weird. And they're like, I mean, do you mean us having sex or are you talking about something else? And she's like, definitely not oh, the sex part. Definitely something else. <laughs> Whatever you but... guys do on your own time is just your business. And yeah. I don't care. Um, so she's kind of like, head scratchy and then she ends up back in the engine room and this time she is not gooed in the face um but the ship still explodes Mm -hmm. and so then we return back to the bridge and presumably this is the third loop of this yeah Um, i started i started to lose track yeah and then we like it doesn't, much like when we talked about Groundhog Day, I don't yeah. think it super matters. 
No. Um, I'm curious how long, how many you think she had and how long you think it was going on. Just Right. I mean, it has to, well, we'll get there. It has to have been okay. kind of long. Yeah. Um, so she's back at the start again, and now she's really freaking out. And because she's freaking out, she's like kind of literally like running like a chicken with its head cut off around <laughs> the bridge. And Sarah's like, you need to like chill the fuck out. And so Sarah kind of like grabs her <laughs> at one point, And it seems like, I don't know if she breaks her wrist or what, but like she does something to where Zari needs to go to the med bay to get her wrist fixed from whatever Sarah does. Right. Um, which, by the way, Sarah, if you're a trained assassin and you're, like, so good at martial arts and shit, you should know how to, like, restrain someone without causing actual damage. Is yeah, what for I real. Say. Calm down. Um, but so then she in the med bay, Ray has, like, hooked her up to, like, a machine. And um, Zari is, like, I think she tells him, like, she's experiencing this thing and it's strange and he's like I don't know what you're talking about I'm gonna give you a sedative because <laughs> you're seeming nuts um <laughs> and and then she gets a sedative and the loop starts again um this time she when she returns to the bridge I guess for the fourth time uh she's now like super keyed up and people think she's even more nuts than the previous time mm-hmm. so that involves her being physically lifted by Mick and like sack of potatoes carried to the med bay <laughs> um, where now like because she's talking about this time loop thing, now she's given a sedative not because she's injured but because people are like, we cannot deal with your shit. Like yeah. shut up. Um, <laughs> which I don't like think... That's appropriate. Yeah. That you just like sedate someone because they're like shouting about something that you can't deal with. Like, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think I do either. I think um, maybe like make sure that they're not going to like hurt themselves or you, but like full sedation is probably an overreach. And I mean... It's kind of like they react so strongly this time to what she has to say, but then when the loop comes to its conclusion, they believe her instantaneously. So I'm not really sure what the deal is here. But basically, she then there's a series of four different kind of versions of this scene where she's getting to be sedated. And on the fourth mm-hmm. one, she kind of wakes up and she's like, I guess I've developed a tolerance to this sedative. So oh, that doesn't yeah, work yeah, yeah. anymore. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about that part. Yeah. Uh and then she goes off and finds Nate. Um and she tells Nate like, "Look, I'm I've now been in this time loop. I've gone through this series of events. I think let's say by the she doesn't say this, but I think let's say this is about the eighth time she's gone through this." Mm-hmm. And this is when he's like, "Oh, it's like the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> oh, I did love that. And, um, oh, I didn't mention this before. So, like, most of the legends are from our timeline and our time. But okay. Zari is actually from, like, 20 years in the future. 
from the 2040s. Okay. Um, so, so intriguingly, Groundhog Day does not make it to the 2040s because she she looks at him and is like, I don't That's know right. what you're she talking about. She didn't know about. it. Yeah, yeah. That is unfortunate. And also, I did like this too because he was like Groundhog Day. It was a critically acclaimed. It was really. <laughs> And it yeah, was like yeah, yeah. all the, it was like a little mini version of what we said about Groundhog Day when we did it. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. Um, but he basically is like, look, the next time this happens, come to me immediately. Tell me Groundhog Day and I will know what you're talking about and we will like come up with a plan. And she's like, mm-hmm. great, perfect. So the time loop starts again. Zari goes out and finds Nate. And what does she say to him? She says, Hedgehog Day. <laughs> yeah, uh, which She's of course, an idiot, like a little bit. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Uh, I knew that joke was coming. It had to. Did come. you really? It was. Yeah, of course, oh. of course. Um, but the other like funny thing is like, and I thought about this because of um, our episode. I was like, well, but I think the original Groundhog Day really was Hedgehog Day in Austria, and then it became Groundhog enough. Day. Um, so, of course, like, Nate plays up his confusion because he's like, what are you talking about? Now, in fairness, I think if I, like, if anyone just came into a room looking somewhat crazy-eyed <laughs> and then said to me, Sarah, Hedgehog Day, you know what that means, I'd be like, uh, I don't no, know No, I would have means. no idea, and I would walk away. <laughs> I would not be helpful in this situation. I would say, you're, I don't know what that means. I got to go. I think that means you need to lie down for a rest is what that means to me. Um, But happily, Nate soon figures out what. I'll tell you what I wouldn't do really quick. What I wouldn't do was figure out (laughs) that they meant Groundhog Day and that they were in a time loop. That's something that right. would take me a long time to get to. <laughs> well, I know because when I was watching this and in the previous scene when he's like, just tell me Groundhog Day and I'll know exactly what you're talking about. I was like, would I, if someone were to say like, that to me, would I necessarily immediately no. know what they were talking about? No. I don't think I would. Um, I wouldn't. I'd be like, yeah, it's a great movie. What of it? <laughs> like, what do you want about like, yeah, no, I would not know. Right. But nonetheless, I mean, clearly Nate at least knows himself well enough because it does work on him. He eventually does figure out what she's talking about. He gets there pretty quick, like, with the amount of information he's given. Super fast. Um, (laughs) Because one of the differences, I should say, between actual Groundhog Day and the time loop that Zari is experiencing is Zari's time loop is only one hour long yeah. rather than a whole day. And I think yeah. that would probably be worse. It seems like it could be worse somehow. It depends on what's happening in that hour, I guess. Like it could be a good <laughs> hour. It could be really a dark, dark thing. Well, I think because like when we get to it later, like I just feel like you get to the depression plays like faster because it's yes. like it's happening so like constantly yes and because the repetition is like overwhelming i would think like yeah oh, yeah like i yeah yeah and like worse than groundhog day she's in a confined space with like eight yep. other people like there's and not it's a, enough and, and she's going through like a stressful hour where she's 
she's not just like chilling, trying to figure out like what right. she needs to do differently to like make her out of the time loop. I mean, she is doing that, but like she's trying to like literally solve like a life or death situation. Yes, and um, so that's a lot of pressure. Yes, with a time clock on it. Like the end yeah. is always the same. Um, so in this conversation with Nate, uh, they try and come up with a plan and in their discussions, they also determine that the explosion is not like an external attack, but something that originates on the ship itself. So then the question becomes, what is setting off this explosion? Um, so, but, so then we go through a series of time loops where Nate and Zari are investigating all of the members of the team to determine if some kind of like some action that they do contributes to the explosion on the ship. Um, and then there's like some stuff about a memory flasher, which I don't think we really need to do. Oh my God. Yeah. Do. Um, but let's see. Ah, yeah. So when we catch back up to kind of where we are, Zari is still kind of always going to Nate for help and they're and they're still investigating Mick first. I I forget why they settle on looking at him first, but I guess they just feel like he's acting squirrely and mm-hmm. so they're like we better check in on him. So they end up going to this like storage room place on the ship um where again we have a series of different time loops where The first time they go into the storage room, Nate gets his foot caught in a bear trap. Um, That (laughs) has got to hurt. Uh, It would be terrible. It would be the worst pain I, like, truly that I could imagine getting stuck in something like that. Um, And probably bears don't like it either, would be my guess. I mean, I would imagine that's why it's, like, it works well. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So that's the first time. The second time they're prepared for that, but then they get elect. Then Nate gets electrocuted by something. Then the next time when they open this box, which I think, oh, it's like Mick's special trunk or something is where they've been trying to get to. And it's got these various booby traps leading Mm -hmm. up to it. Um, So then they get hit in the face with blue ink. And finally, so that's four loops there. Um, so finally they manage to avoid all these booby traps and that's when they discover that inside of this trunk, Mick has hidden his typewriter where he is writing a science fiction romance novel. (laughs) Uh, and they're like, okay, so that's why he was being squirrely. It wasn't because he was going to blow anything up. It was because he didn't want anybody to know that he was doing this writing on the side. So the next person that they feel they need to investigate is Ray. Um, I don't think they, there was nothing about his behavior that seemed off, but I guess they're just kind of ticking down the list of like who could be, who could like either on purpose or inadvertently be responsible for the explosion. So when they start focusing in on Ray, uh, they learn that Ray is being somewhat cagey because he's worried about Sarah, um, but he is yet he doesn't want to kind of reveal why he's worried about her because Sarah is the captain 
I didn't say that before, but she's like the leader of everyone. Um, and so in their discussions with Ray about like what's going on, Zari is like, oh, I'm in this time loop thing. The ship's going to explode. We only have an hour. And immediately Ray is like, oh, like cause and effect. And I was like, yes, my Star Trek Next Generation reference. Perfect. <laughs> um, I did remember that. I was like, oh, Sarah's going to love it. <laughs> um, but actually, because like this episode was super inspired, I would say, by that episode of Next Generation because it's the very same oh. thing where they um, have an hour, essentially, and the ship really does explode in this case. And so it's like we need to figure out, and the story is told from Data's perspective, so he has to figure out like mm. how to avoid the ship be being exploded. Mm. Um, so that was great. I enjoyed it. Thanks for the... Very obvious, like, I don't even think it's an Easter egg. It's just an egg. <laughs> it's just yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they're like, okay, so Ray isn't responsible for this. He's mostly just worried about Sarah, and that's why he's maybe acting a bit strangely. So then they're like, okay, so the next person we just have to look into is Sarah herself. So then um, Ray and Zari shrink down using Ray's a uh, special shrinking suit uh, so that they can follow Sarah into like the jump ship, which is like basically like there's the big time ship and then there's like the shuttle and that's what the jump ship is. Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. And Sarah's there talking to this woman named Ava. I think if I had watched more episodes from this season, I would get more what the deal of like who this Ava person yeah. is um yeah. she like she's in a suit so i'm like maybe she's like some sort of like captain um, type of thing or like like i'm like a monitor of some you know like they're out yeah. in time doing whatever and maybe there's like um a thing like shield or um the cia or somebody who's like nominally supposed to be monitoring what they're doing um yeah. and maybe this lady works for them yeah, that's what it seemed um, like. Yeah, because she's wearing a suit. So she you seemed know official. She's she seemed very official. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got some boring office job. Um, so we overhear Sarah and Ava talking about how Sarah's been having trouble working with Zari. Um, and particularly because Zari has really been pushing this whole time loophole thing, um, mm -hmm. this program, this simulation that she's been working on. And Sarah says to Ava, like, the reason why I really, like, can't deal with this and Zari pushing it is because Sarah's own sister, Laurel, who's featured on Arrow, um, mm -hmm. and this, I, this was news to me because I had stopped watching all of these shows by this point. <laughs> Laurel had died at some point. Um, oh. And so Sarah's sad about that, of course. Oh, um, that's sad. Just as I expect you would be sad if I died, Amy. Of course I would. What, do you, what am I, like, some type of, like, like monster person who doesn't have any feelings? <laughs> well, I don't know, but just get working on a time loop simulator so that if I die in a so tragic you circumstance, see? you can oh. undo it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I feel like I am not equipped for that, but okay, I'll work on it. Well... 
you've got many years because once you figure out how to do a time travel loop, you can just go back to any time you want. That's true. I am currently in one and I've decided to come back to today to record this specifically. <laughs> Whew, phew. Um, <laughs> so in the context of this serious conversation, there also somehow seems to be some flirting between Sarah and Ava, which I'm not sure how you talk about yeah. like your dead sibling and flirt, but like it's she happening. She did it. <laughs> I mean, good for her, like that she manages, but I'm like, yeah. this seems hard to get from one of these things to another, but it's happening. Um, but nothing really like emerges from that. There's like an awkward yeah. moment where yeah, I was I'm curious like, if I was reading more into that than was there, if I was like trying to make something out of nothing, but that is definitely the vibe I got. And it was, like, weird because I, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Ava said something like, sure would be nice to, like, talk about something, something tonight, later. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it was just, like, Sarah did not take the bait on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also simultaneously didn't reject it either. Which is what made it more awkward to me. I'm like, if you, if someone like opens that window to like, do you want to hang out? Um, mm -hmm. And you don't give any answer, like either positive or negative. I'm like, that feels very strange. Like, yeah. um, it, you're certainly welcome to not want to go out with that person. <laughs> like, that's fine. Right. But then I'm like, but you need to say... No, <laughs> just something right. so that then, so then the loop can close on that conversation and be like, we're, right. we're all done. Um, but that didn't happen in this case. Um, and then Zari and Ray are watching this and they're having the same conversation we're having, which is like, this is really awkward. Why doesn't she say yes or no? Why, what's going on? Um, but because they're so super teeny tiny, Sarah is like, I think there's like a fly or a mosquito in here with me. And of course, mm -hmm. Ava is like, you've got to kill that thing immediately because it, it could be from another time. And if you brought it back to the present, it would like wreak havoc and create a like panic and a plague and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oof, too close to reality. I don't like Seriously. it. Um, so Sarah kills them both before the ship explodes. But of course, the time loop continues anyway. So they start back up again. Um, and this is when Zari gets to the point that Bill Murray has gotten to in Groundhog Day. She's like super lost hope. This um, is when she starts eating. <laughs> yes. Or they start eating like Ready Whip. Though. <laughs> yes, yes. Because yeah. so, like, I think what it is is like she's got her head down on a desk and she's talking to Nate and he's like, is this the first time we've talked about this? And he's like, and she's like, is this the first time that we've talked about being in the time loop? Or is this the first time we've talked about me being depressed about being in a time loop? Because the answer oh for gosh. both is, the answer for both is no. We've talked about all of this we've, many times. Oh my God. Um, so then Nate is... 
because like basically what Nate is saying is something that I also agree with in life, which is like when you have a problem and you've like focused so much on solving it, like kind of intensively, sometimes what you need to do is take a break from thinking about that to like let your mind go elsewhere and then when mm-hmm. you come back you have like new energy to approach you have some freshness. the problem yeah yeah um so he's like you know what like don't worry about it why don't you just have some fun and then he says which we definitely talked about in the groundhog day episode he's like you can just like there are no consequences to anything that you and do and then it's like boom boom gonna eat <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no apparently that is like everyone's first fantasy <laughs> Well, I mean, because it's because because well, I could like go on a big old rant and tangent, but it's it's because of our. um, I mean, we there's an obsession with food as there should be. It's food is great, but like, (laughs) um, but also it comes from like so much of an obsession about our bodies and like, oh, I can't eat this. This is a bad food. This is a good food, and this is a like healthy food and this is a not healthy food and not that any of that's untrue but just like the idea of like how obsessed we are with our bodies in relation to food and like the idea of those consequences and those feelings surrounding food being removed is like quite liberating I would I would imagine because I know that would be my go-to Yeah, I mean, and as well, like, unlike what we talked about with Groundhog Day, since she's only ever repeating one hour, she's not even going to get, like, the consequences of, like, I ate too much whipped cream too fast, and now I'm going to be sick, or, like, whatever. Like, she gets, she can straight up be like, who the fuck cares? And I feel like... I mean, really, there's only so much you could even eat in a full hour, so, like... right. But I mean, I, in that scene, it looked, because it's her and maybe Nate. I can't remember who she's with. I think it's with. both of them. Um, but like, it's like two people. And I swear to God, it looked like a dozen things of Ready Whip on the table. <laughs> like, And also, like, where are they getting all this Ready Whip on this ship they're on? But like, I don't know. That's beside the point, I don't the point, know where their food comes from. I don't know if they have like a Star Trek style uh like replicate like you can manifest what the food is like yeah ready whip (laughs) give it to me now um also that's not the way i would go like that doesn't seem that satisfying to me like it's funny and it's funny for a montage and like looks really crazy um but just like a big old mouthful of whipped cream over and over like that's not that satisfying to me no, I I think I would choose some other things. But so yeah. she so but that she does that, then she um has other types of fun. She reads the entirety of Mick's secret book. Um <laughs> she learns to play the violin. I uh, that was cute. So that means that there's a lot she's of She's lots of time passed. That's what the one that made me think like, oh, okay. Like if she learned yeah. how to play the violin, anybody who doesn't know anything about violin, they're freaking hard to play. And though they didn't show us like how good she got it was clear that she was proficient yes she wasn't like going from nothing to then she was like Yitzhak Perlman but she she went from like I don't know anything to like I can functionally play a song and it sounds like a song 
And, I'm and that's hard. It. With like, the violin, That takes a long time just to get hard. to that. Yes, it takes, as I'm I mean, someone who played the violin for years, I can tell you that takes a long time to get to that. I can tell that. you, if you all have, if you ever know the song, I can play the violin, it's like, it takes a little bit of learning. And she doesn't even have, like, lessons. It's all self-taught, yeah, which I self-taught. have to assume that's even harder. takes even longer. Um, that would be but frustrating event, from an hour-to-hour perspective. Yes, it would be really... Anyway. Quite a bummer. Um, but nonetheless, we we go through the fun montage, which, in fact, Nate references once she's finished with it, which I also mm-hmm. enjoyed. Um, but eventually, even that, as we would expect, kind of loses its luster. Yeah. Um, and in her case, the result of that is that she's now even more depressed than when she started, and she's trying mm-hmm. to kill herself <laughs> on That's the bridge. Dark. Which is like, woof, but again, very in line with Groundhog Day. Like, I yep. just want this to stop. Um, and I, maybe that now I understand, like, this is what ultimately causes people then to believe her, whereas before people didn't, because now it's mm-hmm. like, sh- this woman is in distress. Like, yeah. so if she's willing to potentially kill herself and her life, um, we'll Maybe we should take a quick listen. She says (laughs) yes, and so she explains to Sarah and the rest of the team that she's been in this time loop, that she's been in a time loop for a very long time. Um, and Sarah's like, "Okay, cool. We will figure out what's going on." Um, Mm -hmm. and this is now like we're moving into the conclusion of the episode. So the whole team then gets together and is, like, looking at blueprints of the ship to try and figure out, like, where an explosion, like, could originate from. Um, And in the scan of the ship, they notice that something is, like, strange in the trash compactor of the ship. Mm -hmm. So they then go to the trash compactor, and what is, what do they discover? Oh, I forget. Wait, I don't know if I remember this. Oh, you say it because I can't remember. I do remember something, but I can't remember what it was exactly. So they open the trash compactor and there's a man inside it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I do remember that. I maybe forgot. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Continue. And he's this guy and they're like, Gary, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, and Gary has the look like, I think Gary and Ava must work together in the same boring ass office on yeah. Earth. Um, yeah. And he explains that he's come to save them because he, like, wherever he was, he registered that the ship exploded. And so he, like magicked himself onto the ship with like a special what i don't know how he got there i couldn't i know but i, I just like magic as a verb <laughs> well he magicked himself onto the ship and he has this special like i forget what he called it but it's basically like a time turner uh where he was like i couldn't figure out why the ship exploded but i did bring this like time changer so that's what's created the time loop because i figured we could use that to figure out what caused the explosion and then we could stop the explosion does that make sense i mean not really but sure (laughs) no it doesn't really but like that's the whole thing like fine Um, whatever i buy it but because mick is a bit of a hothead he like 
before Gary has had the chance to explain this, he takes the time loop making thing and throws it to the ground and smashes it. And so now Gary's like, why did you do that? Now we truly only have now we're like, like the actually remaining. fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like the ship is going to explode at 420, which was also like a funny joke that they even said <laughs> in the show. They were like 420. <laughs> and I was like, yep, of course. <laughs> perfect. Um, but that means that they now have only five minutes to find and neutralize the bomb somewhere on the ship. Yeah, they're, like, truly, truly fucked. Yes, it's pretty bad news. But they, and so then they're, like, immediately, like, okay, what could it be? What could it be? Like, what else? Like, we've, all the ship systems are fine. Gary wasn't the reason. So, like, what what came on the ship with us? And then they're, like, oh, maybe it's related to the mission that we had. Did anything come back from the mission? And they're, like, that eight-track tape of Waterloo, mm -hmm. the song. And then they're, like... <laughs> Ah, that's it. So they, like, go back. They rush back into the bridge. They open up the eight-track tape. And, of course, there is, in fact, a very teeny tiny bomb inside of the eight-track tape. Um, so Zari, like, grabs that up. And then she runs into kind of, like, the library room that's at the back of the bridge. And then seals herself in there. And she goes around telling everyone nice things about themselves and how like she was how much she enjoyed like being with them and how great they are um mm -hmm. basically because even though for them like it's like two minutes ago i hated this lady and now she's telling me all these like deep things about myself um but that's because she has spent however long she's spent getting to know everybody as she investigates and tries to figure out what's what mm -hmm. Um, and so they're like, no, don't do this. You don't have to sacrifice yourself. And she's like, no, I'm going to. And, um, so I think like what we are supposed to be thinking as the audience is like, this is like Groundhog Day in the sense that like, she has to do a good deed to get out of mm -hmm. what's happening. Yeah. And, and that is kind of what happens, but then there, there's a reveal, which is the bomb like ticks down to zero, but nothing happens. And if and, and actually like kind of all the other people, I think they just kind of like disappear. And she's like, "What's going on?" And then Gideon comes into the bridge, but now she's not just a disembodied voice; she's a human-looking entity, a human woman. Mm -hmm. And she explains to Zari that the green goo that got into her face at the very beginning of the episode yeah. was actually very dangerous time sludge. Um, I know she, Gideon what calls it something is else. time sludge? <laughs> I, uh, I, like, whatever, it doesn't only, matter, but I just... I love the I love the idea of something being called time sludge. I mean, I know Gideon calls it something else, but I like couldn't get it. I was like, I don't uh, chrono fluid, whatever it is. I'm calling it time sludge because, like, and the reason I say that is, it's like whatever this t sludge was that hit Zari, it messed her up real good, and then she had to go into the med bay. So I'm like, it's not just like 
oh, this fluid that does something with time, like it runs the time mm-hmm. capacitors of the ship. I'm like, mm-hmm. this sounds like it's a toxic thing that is like, you, like, you know, like the refuse or the dirty part of like whatever goes into time travel fuel. Mm-hmm. So bad. This is bad. This is time sludge. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah, hits her. Time sludge. Um, and so because it hits her in the face, she is actually, and I, I did like this too. She's like, if you tell me this whole thing has been a fucking dream, I'm going to be very angry. Um, but in fact, that is kind of a bit what Gideon is saying. Cause she's like, well, no, it's not a dream, but you have been in the med bay getting fixed from this time sludge. But you, I guess it was something like her Gideon felt like her mind still needed to be occupied somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And also Gideon says like that Zari is because Gideon like at, because she's the AI for this time ship, Gideon also, even before the simulation that Zari wants to run using her program, Gideon has the ability to like, do predictions of the future. That's a good, that's, I mean, predicting the future is another superpower I would like to have. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure I'm saying this in a way that doesn't sound like serious enough because probably someone would say, oh, it's not predicting the future. It's like working with probabilities and whatever. But like uh-huh. the point is that, Gideon determined that Zari is really important for the team's continued functioning. And Mm -hmm. she was noticing that there was too much tension, particularly between Zari and Sarah. And she was like, so I need to find a way to convince Zari to stay with the team because I've like done the predictions. And I know that if she stays with the team, we're going to have more success and the timeline is going to be in better shape. Right. So like that's what she wanted to do. But she also knew because of her like familiarity with time, she was like, Zari has to choose to stay. She can't be forced to stay. Mm. So so Gideon takes this opportunity of Zari being kind of incapacitated. So she uses that plus the simulator that Zari wanted to test anyway because the whole point of this simulator was like, look at all the different probabilities and think about it and see mm-hmm. test outcomes. So all of that like came together to try and can to give Zari the opportunity to get to know the team in the hopes yeah. that then Zari would decide to stay. Right. Yeah. Um, so Zari, I mean, now I've explained it as best I can. And it took like, three minutes um in the show this is mentioned in the in like 30 seconds um <laughs> so it's just like we're going through it yeah it's um, the pace is good in the show i'll give it that i'll say that for sure <laughs> they don't linger on anything too long no um so then zari is like so then is the stuff that i saw in these loops like the things like mixed novel and the budding romance between amaya and nate like is that real 
or is that just like kind of elements from my mind, you know, like in a dream, right? Like, is it just taking stuff from my mind and then expanding outward? And Gideon is kind of cagey on that, but she's like, I mean, it's not real, real. It didn't happen. And she's like, I get that it didn't happen, but can you tell me? Um, But that's never made clear. So Zari wakes up in the med bay and Sarah and Ray are there because of course they're concerned about her getting hit in the face with time sludge. (laughs) And she says, um, she tells them this whole story and they're like, I mean, that sounds fantastic. Uh, but we don't believe you. And then (laughs) again, it's just like, we do not believe. Um, and then Zari says, no, the proof is that I know why Ray has been so worried about Sarah and it's because Ray's they're like, having sex. Well, I told you. <laughs> no, Sarah's the lesbian. She can't be having oh. sex with Ray. Oh, whoops. sorry, I forgot. Um, I don't know anyone's name. No, she's. That's the one where Sarah. There's fears that Sarah might get possessed by this bad guy, Malice, who I mentioned at the beginning. That's oh, right. The fear there, and because Ray has never actually verbalized that to anyone from his perspective. He's mm-hmm. like, ah, that's the proof. And then they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Sarah and Zari have a heart to heart where they talk about their dead um, siblings, which sounds like a super fun conversation to have. <laughs> uh, and then there's this weird part. like, they, So they have like a closeness and they're like, okay, I'm good. And Zari's like, I'm going to stay with the team. And Sarah's like, that's great. And then Zari's like, I really think you should go for it with Ava. And there was something about that to me that I was like, ew, I don't like that. Like, um, I feel like once you're out of high school, you shouldn't be like messing in people's like romantic lives. And you certainly shouldn't be saying like, go for it. Like, I don't know. Something about it seemed kind of creepy to me. Um, And... Similarly, like Zari talks to Nate and Amaya about their budding romance. And again, I'm like, why are you involving yourself in this? Like, who cares? Um, And then she goes to Mick and she's like, I don't know that you're writing this book, but if you are, this is how you should end it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, great. Um, And it turns out, of course, he is writing the book. So in fact, everything that she saw was real. And even more to the point, the final little bit is that now Zari can play the violin. Um, Mm -hmm. And I even, I was even looking carefully at this. I think that actor, similar to you and I, probably played the violin at some point in her life. Yeah. Because I was like, this looks like it's really her arms doing this. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. because like, especially with the violin it's it's really easy to like basically like you hang your arms down and then somebody else's arms come up around and like do the playing if you want to make it look like you know like look as though someone's playing um so I was like looking very carefully and I was like I think that's her uh it really Mm -hmm. looked like she was um and like you said she's not playing great she's just playing um so I'm like I think maybe this lady once played the violin and now she's playing it. (laughs) Um, and that's basically the end. There's like a final few minutes that are like set up for the next episode. Um, but I don't think that's really relevant to us. 
Um, so as always, we will conclude with yawns and eye rolls. Um, okay. One yawn is I was not bored at all. This was very engaging. And 10 yawns is like, I really like was not into this at all. What would you okay. give it? I think I would give it like a solid two, just because I always like to leave a little room for like stuff that I actually like. <laughs> of course. But, like but, desperately but was, seeking Santa. Correct. That would get a big old one. No, just, I don't know. Um, yeah, two. It was not boring, but not perfect, I'll say. Right, sure. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, I agree with you that it wasn't perfect, but I'm still going to give it a one because I okay. do, th- I thought, like, especially as you mentioned, like the pacing I thought was pretty well done. Yeah. Like, it was just like we're moving along, we're getting through. Um, and keeping it light, which I also enjoy. Um, so in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is sure time travel. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Um, and 10 eye rolls is like, this is really like straining my like ability to suspend disbelief. Hmm. That's interesting because I, okay, I, I think I'm going to go like three or four on this one because okay. um, time travel, time loops. Yeah, I'm not going to go like, eh, no big deal. Totally happens. <laughs> but I also am not like so, like I, like I love the idea of it. I'm not sure I totally like buy it. But I love sure. the idea of it. Like, and I, that's why I like that TikTok account. And, like, I love the idea of weird time. I don't always understand it. But, sure. But I do love the idea of it. So, yeah, like, three or four-ish in that, in that area. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm just going to do a five down the middle because I'm like, okay. this, for the, for the various time travel things we've talked about and seen Mm -hmm. as a result of this podcast it is right in the middle it's like we've already seen time loops a bunch um this one even references two separate things that deal with precisely this type of story (laughs) like yeah um so I'm like so there's nothing that's like so crazy that I can't buy into it and I'm and I the reason why I wouldn't give it a one is I'm like it's not super original either like so it's just kind of right in the middle yeah. for me. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I, I will say that this episode reminded me or made me think like, oh, I thought I stopped watching this series because I thought it was bad, but maybe it's good. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I this did... episode, I think, was like a fun episode and it was a good one. I don't know if you, how you picked the, this episode or if like what, but it was a good like standalone because the, even yes. though I may have missed some of the superhero aspects of them and their particular powers, um, I didn't feel like I was like, whoa, who's that person? Who's that? What are their, I didn't feel like I was missing a lot. No. Even if I, I was maybe. Yeah, no, I agree. It worked really nicely as a standalone episode that 
was not the pilot. You know, like, it's just like, we don't need a lot of this other backstory to understand this one. Yeah. Um, And because pilots tend to have a lot of exposition and explanation, those tend to be more boring. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Like... Yeah, I think this is a really great episode. So thank you, listener, for requesting it. Um, Did they request a specific episode, too? Yes. yes, Oh, interesting. Oh, I wasn't sure. I wasn't (laughs) sure if it was just like a, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, good job, person. Yeah, they actually suggested two episodes from this series. Um, One that happens, I think, in season five, where all of the team gets thrown into different types of television shows. Um, Oh, I like that too. Maybe we'll watch that down the road. (laughs) Yeah. No, the only reason I opted for this one first was because I was like, this other one about TV, I mean, like, because unsurprisingly, the whole series is them time traveling. That And so effectively, any episode could work for our podcast because time travel is just a part of it. Um, yeah. But the reason why I didn't choose the one where they're all put into different TV shows is I was like, well, that might not really be super science fiction-y enough. Mm. Like, um, mm. even though one of them does get sent to a Star Trek version episode from what I deduced. <laughs> um, I'm very surprised you didn't choose that then. But this one was yeah. perfect. And it's funny that it was like the referencing of Groundhog Day, which we have already talked about. Right. Um, right. Good job, Which listener. I, I yeah, approve. truly, I approve. So, so th- here's the thing. This is what I would say about like recommending versus not recommending. I obviously have not watched the series, so I don't, I can't speak too much to that. But um, from what I saw, I would say if you like um, superheroes, if you like vaguely, uh, you know spacey type things or time travel type things yeah if you like a, a time like, travel show definitely give it a it's try it's a pretty e- it's a pretty it's just in general it seems like anyway just having seen one episode pretty easy watching and like yeah not something you have to like <laughs> this is always my gauge which is probably not says a lot about me but like you don't have to pay like super attention to get like the gist yeah Yeah. I mean I will say so I watched this episode and I was like oh maybe this tv show is better than I remembered it and so I've gone back now and started watching season one and now I realize that I this was one of those shows that I don't think you even get this opportunity much anymore like it kind of took a while to find the tone that worked Mm. for it right like Mm -hmm. because the first season is a little bit more like we're taking ourselves seriously kind of Mm -hmm. vibe but Mm -hmm. this one was so much more like yeah there's like we're We're real people quirky but like but we can also have fun and Mm -hmm. like it's it's like a fun sci-fi show rather than a like woof let's think about human condition kind of sci-fi show yes that's a good point and that's because a lot of sci-fi it does get weirdly heavy and like reflectiony and sometimes like let's be real like we're not always in that headspace we're not always in the headspace to watch black mirror you know like it right that's a great show and it's well done and it's you know well shot all the provoking and Yeah, yeah it's Great show, but sometimes you like you're just not in that place. <laughs> like right, 
Right. And so like this to me, this episode in particular, I was like, oh, it feels like they kind of figured out like the right kind Mm -hmm. of place to be of like, we're having some fun. We're talking about (laughs) some stuff. We have these characters (laughs) who are interesting. And like, just as with many shows where like we build on and learn about character development as we go, but not everything has to be like dead siblings, even though they did mention that more times (laughs) than I would have expected for a show. Um, But if you throw it in casually, if you're just real cash about it, like maybe it doesn't have to be so heavy. I guess. I mean, if you can talk about your dead sister while simultaneously like making eyes at your potential love interest. And slash boss. Like there's some, anyway. um, Yeah. There was a lot of layers to that. There's some um, HR things that could be happening there. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess it sounds like we would say if we've piqued your interest talking about this episode, then I think it's worth Give it a giving shot. it a try. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And so as always, it's been a pleasure, Amy. I am Sarah, and we will see you next week in space. Ooh, that was a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.